Welcome back to This Week in Film. It's the weekly podcast where we get together, talk about the movies we've seen over the past seven days, and uh, discuss them. I'm Nick Bonanto, joined as always by Midwest Matt Lauer. Matt, how is it going? It is going all right. How are you today, Nick? I'm doing pretty good. I got woken up by a guy uh, ringing my doorbell to talk to me about Jesus, so that's how my day started. And, it's always uh, a nice way to wake up. It's kind of a, a weird day for it. Like a, it's like Friday morning. Like who's home besides me? Jesus. So uh, <laughs> he's always at home in our hearts. Uh, so I've seen a couple of movies this week. Um, I saw the movie Arctic from 2018. Never heard of it. Uh, I saw Apollo 11 which is from 2019. It's a documentary about the Apollo 11 moon mission. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had 74 minutes to kill, so I watched that movie Primer again. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, so I'll touch briefly on that. Uh, and then uh, last week we forgot to do our movie rankings list, so we've got some homework to uh, do. Right, you are. Yeah. Uh, Matt, what did you see this week? Uh, this week, damn it, I have to go back to the top. <laughs> I saw a movie called Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. A oh, movie, the Ted Bundy movie? Correct, a movie about Ted Bundy starring Zac Efron okay. and Lily Collins. And I want to say that it had the H- Haley Joel Osment in it. Oh, yep, yep, it does. Okay. Yep. Is that all? Is that all you saw this week? That that is all I saw. Yeah, I thought I might get to see something called Hell Comes to Frogtown, uh, but the availability is limited. More on that later. Yeah. Well, maybe it'll show up sometime soon. Um, that is a right, listener so- request from one of our favorite people in the world, Scott K. Hall. Oh, from out okay. east, and by Scott, out east we- I mean Germany. Scott was on the show the one time when we discussed uh, Life Force. Life Force and, and the, the Christmas, Christmas tree. tree. Yeah. Wow. A, a listener request all the way from Germany. That's how you say that. Yep. That's how they say it with their tongue there. It's so, uh, proper. <laughs> so are we? Uh, do we want to place last week's movies before we get into this week's stuff? Or do we want to wait till the end and place it when we place the other stuff? Let's just do it all at the end. Gotcha. We'll have one one giant passing. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I'll start. Um, I watched the movie, let's see, uh, Apollo 11, which is a documentary from this year directed by Todd Douglas Miller. And it's a lot of footage uh, of the um, Apollo 11 space mission uh, that was the first... Uh, manned mission to land on the moon. Uh, the one with Buzz, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. Michael Collins was up there too. And uh, I, I know basically everything about, well, not everything. I know all of the, the, <laughs> the, main, the main plot points of the Apollo 11 space mission. 
and uh, this movie was thrilling. It was so exciting. Um, it was it was a lot of fun to watch, and uh, like everything that's at stake for these guys to land on the moon is is crazy. Um, especially like like knowing. Uh, like at at uh, at one point when they're going to land on the moon, like the the lunar module is is approaching the the moon's surface. They only have so much fuel to land, and as they're getting ready to land, Buzz Aldrin, who's the pilot, uh, realizes that they're in a bad spot and he needs to burn more fuel to go land in a better area. And there's a countdown clock on the screen that shows how much fuel that they have to make this landing before they have to abort and go back uh, up. And I think they, they finish with about seven seconds of fuel left before they would have to abort the, uh, abort the landing. And it's just so exciting. Like, like it's crazy how exciting it is to watch. And then uh, the other thing about it is there's a lot of footage of, of, people who are gathered around the um, Florida launch, like like the Cape Kennedy or Cape Canaveral launch site uh, where people gathered to watch the, the rocket launch. And there's a lot of footage of people just like hanging out and everyone looks like a cliche from the sixties. Like, uh, like they, they look like they're just like cutouts from, uh, from like a magazine where they're like, Oh, and this is what people in the sixties look like. And you're like, oh, this is this is how people actually looked and dressed, like with the the sharp angled sunglasses and the 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 dresses that they wore, like the high collar dresses and 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 all that stuff. And it and it feels like you're watching, like, oh man, this is totally cliched. But you're like, oh, this is how people actually dressed. And it made me think of Apollo thirteen, the movie Apollo thirteen, and. And the way that they dress in that, everyone looks like a cliche. And uh, and I'm like, oh, well, that's just how they really looked, which is... Uh, Could be why they go with that aesthetic in the... Right. But uh, it's just so weird to see like people in their natural environment dressed like that. Because you're like, there's no way people actually like went out of the house looking like this. <laughs> and not that they look bad or anything, but it's just like, why would you go out? Everyone looks like this. And uh, it, I thought that was a, a neat little time capsule moment, but uh, but yeah, this is a this was a great documentary. Um, it doesn't have a narrative really. Uh, there's no narrator or anything like that. Really? Yeah, it's a, it basic. It basically starts with, um, it's like a few hours from launch, and it, it's basically you follow the astronauts. Um, uh, and in, and the footage is like highly restored and, and a lot of it was shot with film. So I'm assuming that a lot of the sound that you're hearing is all sound design, mm -hmm. uh, except for the radio communications, which were all recorded. And, uh, and basically you follow the astronauts as they get ready to go into the spaceship and you go back to mission control and you see everybody getting ready in there. And there's a lot of the flight. I need a go, no go for launch. And they're like, go flight, you know, that whole thing. And you, and they build up the uh, anticipation for this rocket launch. And then finally it, it happens. And it's like 20 minutes into the movie that the rocket launch happens. And then you follow the journey to the moon 
along with what's going on on the ground. And they've got this, this footage that I've never seen before of the astronauts in the spaceship just kind of like hanging out. I mean, it was like a, I think the whole journey like to the moon and back was like eight days. They say it in the movie. It was like eight or nine days. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's actually a lot, lot of- shorter than I realized that sort of thing would be. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I, I I thought it was much longer. I thought it took them about five days to get to the moon. Huh. Uh, and I thought uh, I thought it was only three days to get to the moon. So uh, my math is confused somewhere. Shows you how much I know. I thought it'd be like weeks. <laughs> um, well, what's interesting is it takes them, let's say, five days to get to the moon uh, during the during the Apollo missions. Um, the New Horizons space probe that went to Pluto last year. It took a its eighteen year journey to get to Pluto. Do you remember that? No. Oh, there was when we got all those great pictures of Pluto last year. And um, that that took, I think, two hours to get past the moon, which is how fast that space probe was going. Holy cow. Yeah, is uh, some crazy low number. Now, don't quote me on the on the time, but it was like some crazy low amount of uh, time for it to get from the Earth past the moon compared to the. Apollo missions, which took a few days to get to the moon. Now, granted, the reason that they weren't going as fast as that probe is because they had to stop at the moon. So, you know, it wasn't that they didn't need to, they didn't need to go that fast. So don't make your moon traveling plans based on <laughs> right. that timeline. Right. It's not like they needed the Acela. Um, but, but what I always think about is there must be just so much downtime and then once the initial thrill of being weightless in space wears off and you're like stuck in this cramped room for five days, like you really must get on each other's nerves after a while. <laughs> it's just like, I don't want to stand next to Buzz Aldrin anymore today, but I have to. Stupid Buzz. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, these guys are total heroes. Like it's, it's amazing. And uh, there's there's a moment where they show Neil Armstrong is uh, on the uh, the final step outside the spaceship, and he's about to make the first step onto the moon, and he's like waiting for the television cameras to like work, uh-huh. and he's just out there hanging out, and he's like just talking about what the lunar surface looks like, and he says it looks like it's really deep, like sand, like real deep sand, but based on like how the ship is, it's it's only a few inches of this fine, fine powder. And they're like, all right, Neil, we got uh, cameras are running. And, but for some reason, the image is upside down. But uh, we can figure it out later. Uh, you're all set to go. And he's got to, like, make this jump. Like, I think they expected the ship to sink into the lunar surface more than it did. Uh-huh. And it really just kind of sits on the top. So there's, there's like, a two-foot gap between the, the last step of the ladder and the surface of the moon, so he's got to do this jump, uh-huh. and uh, and that's when he does that. He goes, he does the, he takes the last step, and it's like a little jump, and then he does the one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind thing, and uh, that was all him, like that, that saying, like he, this isn't in the documentary, I just know that, but like he came up with that himself, like that wasn't something NASA or writers came up with before the mission, like scripted for him to say. 
Yeah, which is amazing. Like, what a what a saying. Like, how do you come up with something like that? Well, if he had said something dumb, we would have just made that the thing. <laughs> yeah. If well, he had been uh, like, holy cow, that was a big step. Boom, forever in history. <laughs> well, like, a- after he's on the moon and he's, like, running around, like, walking around for, like, a few, like, I think 20 or 30 minutes, Buzz Aldrin gets to come out. And and Neil's, like, walking him down the the ladder. And Buzz says something along the lines of, and now I'm going to close the door to the lunar module, uh, but I'm going to be careful to not lock it on my way out. And it's like, <laughs> I was like, that's a really funny line. Uh, would he have said that if he was the first man on the moon? Um, and, uh, and then they, they go about their mission and then, and then like at, at one point Nixon calls them from the earth. Cause that's where Nixon is. And, and he's like, I feel like this is the most important phone call in the history of, of phone calls. And, and and Buzz Aldrin and Neil doesn't Armstrong say just, anything back just to fuck with the president. <laughs> like, <laughs> can, can you hear me? Oh yeah, we were just we were just messing with you. Uh, and uh, and they're just standing there, like standing at the camera, and then like they're you know they respond like, yeah, this is a great moment for all of mankind. Blah blah blah. And and then like one of the astronauts, I'm gonna say Neil, uh, salutes, but it, it's like so goofy looking because he's in that spacesuit so it's just like salute and then and they're like goodbye mr president we're gonna go back to collecting rocks <laughs> and uh but uh yeah it's it's a thrilling thrilling documentary especially if you're into space race stuff like it was a lot of fun to watch and um i i think even if you're not into space race stuff just as far as like human accomplishment um this is totally worth checking out I mean, the, the sheer manpower that went into getting these guys to the moon and back is almost as uh, much as this podcast. F- forgive the pun. Astronomical. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's, you can't that. <laughs> I didn't really watch this documentary. I just wanted to make that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, but I think that's I think that's all I got to say. I'll probably about it. be watching that soon. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, it was. I'm not really quite cool. as into space as you are, but uh, that you know, you've t- you've seen a fair amount of these documentaries and stuff lately. It seems like there's a lot of like good stuff coming out recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This and the, a lot of the footage that they use in this documentary is like remastered uh, stock stuff is is that uh, why with the timing that everything is coming out now that they've got the technology to clean up stuff so much you think well i'm uh again i may be incorrect but i think like two years ago or three years ago nasa released a shit ton (laughs) of of uh footage and photographs and uh like unaltered uh footage from the apollo missions like all of them so it's just that there's and, access to that stuff now yeah basically and then yeah. and then uh like, like a lot of the photographs were like unprocessed kind of stuff and then the people who made this film um worked with other like f- photo and and film restoration companies in order to like bring the quality up mm-hmm. and and now i could be 
totally off base with this, but I, I do remember there was like a huge dump of all this Apollo footage. And I believe that's what they put together for this documentary. So, so you're saying this documentary is a, a huge dump. It's a huge dump. Got it. Dump cakes. <laughs> Listeners, if you haven't seen any YouTube videos about dump cakes, check them out. Yeah. That's uh you can't forget it once you've seen it. And much like the, I got nothing. <laughs> so you watched uh, something extremely, incredibly loud and extremely close. <laughs> what the fuck did you watch, Matt? <laughs> um, actually, that's what I've been asking myself. Even the next day after uh, Karina and I watched it, I um, I sent her a message. I was like, we watched a movie last night, right? <laughs> what the hell was it? can't remember. And it wasn't that I couldn't remember the title. It's that I couldn't remember what we watched. Um, although had I, it, it, I think even once I did remember, I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Ted Bundy movie. So I did not remember the title. The title, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile, actually references um, something that uh, a judge involved in some of the court stuff played in this movie by the one and only John Malkovich. Um, it, that, that's something that he says to, to describe what Ted Bundy's done. Um, and so this is a Netflix documentary. Um, Oh, it's a documentary. No, sorry. No, I, I I don't even know why I said that. No, it's not. Stop. Oh, don't go and watch it yet. It's not a documentary. (laughs) Dodged a bullet there. Um, no, it's not at all a documentary. I don't know why I said that. Zach Efron is playing Ted Bundy, um, not narrating a documentary, just to be clear. And um, this, when I saw the clips that I had seen for it, which were really short, like I didn't actually see any previews. um, But uh, when I saw them, I thought this was going to be the sort of movie that follows him throughout his career of murder, you know, more or less. Um, now, before before you get yes. too far, um, is Ted Bundy the one who was who would dress as a clown? No, you're thinking of um, John Gacy. Okay, uh, is Ted Bundy the one who was handsome? Am I getting that right, John Gacy? I, I think, think so. John Wayne Gacy. John Wayne Gacy. I think it's uh, J- uh, William H Macy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's the guy that that dressed as a clown. Ted Bundy, yeah, was the handsome guy who, at least in some instances, would wear a cast and pretend that he needed help getting things into his van and then kidnap women once they were like in the van pulling in the couch or whatever they were helping with. Like Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs? Sure. Um, maybe that's where they, I don't know, maybe that... that the way they used that was kind of a homage might not be the right phrase, but you know, um, sort of reference to that. Um, that's crazy. I was, I almost watched silence of the lambs last night. You know, maybe, maybe it wasn't that he got them to pull things into the van and then trapped in there. I feel like that's true, but I, I think there are cases in which he got people talking to him and then like knocked them out. Um, okay. 
So I don't know, maybe I'm even doing a little mixing of, um, you know, sounds of the lambs with my Ted Bundy stories, but then, one of the uh, reasons go one ahead. other question is Ted Bundy, the one who would paint or is that also John Wayne Gacy? I have one no them, idea whether one of them Ted was a, was like a, was a painter, like, and they're like, their art is worth a lot of money these days. Cause people are sick. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that was him or not. There's nothing in this movie that would reference that. And okay. What you're talking about sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't know who to place that with. Um, and all my serial killers confused. It, as is easy to do. Um, but one of the reasons that I wouldn't know that from this movie is it's it, what this movie includes is not his like history of murder. You're not like following him throughout his criminal career. It's, uh-huh almost entirely based around his relationship with um, a woman who I think, I think they're married at some point. I could be wrong on that though. They have a daughter together. Um, And the, this movie's based on a book that I think she wrote. Um, That would make sense. It's called the Phantom Prince, my life with Ted Bundy. Um, So, um, what you're seeing is a lot of how what he was doing was kind of impacting the relationship and how that was playing out and how he's communicating things with her. And so throughout the movie you do, I mean, you know why he's like going to prison and stuff like that and why he's in court, but it's, it comes out kind of slowly and this has a bit of a, it's it's not quite, you know, I'd mentioned with some of these other Netflix movies how the pacing is such that it's just like, here's a plot line and it's over. Here's a plot line and it's over. And it's kind of episodic and feels sort of unprofessional. Like it's not actually a real movie that could ever be theatrical or anything. Um, yeah. This doesn't feel quite like that. Oh, okay. Um, but it's it's somewhere in between. It's got more of a natural three act kind of dynamics to the, to the flow of it. And the, the, it, it, there's no huge climax or anything, but, but it follows a more standard rise and fall of the drama than some of those episodic movies. Um, but it still doesn't quite feel like a theatrical movie. It just, I guess feels kind of indie. Um, but mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty good. And, the acting and it's very good. Um, I, you know, Zach Efron isn't someone that I've ever thought to take seriously. Cause I don't really know things that he is in that look like they were any good. Um, like Baywatch or isn't he in that movie with, um, the just perverted grandpa or something like that. Like dirty grandpa, bad grandpa. I don't know. Yeah. Something with Robert De Niro. I think he was in it and they're like, getting laid and catching STDs or something. But, um, that sounds fun. No, it didn't. (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of movies that you think sound fun, that probably aren't, uh, did you get around to watching that Sherlock and Holmes movie or Sherlock? and What the hell was that movie called? Holmes and Watson. Holmes and Watson. No, not yet. Boy, did that movie not get liked. 
Yeah, I'm still yeah. gonna watch it because I love Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. Not for long, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, back to this movie. Um, there's not really a ton more for me to to say, really, because it, it. What got, made you think of that movie? Because <laughs> you just said something looked good, oh. <laughs> or that it sounded fun, and I thought, no, not at all. Um, and that's what I thought about Holmes and Watson, and apparently, that's how other people feel about it. That said, um, extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile isn't exactly memorable, um, but it. I would yeah, recommend it. When we first began our phone conversation today, or when we first started the show, you had to look up the name of the movie because you weren't entirely sure you had watched one. <laughs> yes. It, it, it doesn't stick very uh, deeply, but it is a pretty well put together movie. Um and it is there are good acting chops on the people. Um Zach Efron does a really good job. Lily Collins does a good job. And um when he showed up, it took me a while. I was like, what? This guy that reminds me of Al Borland, who is this? And I was like, I feel like I should know him. And then at some point it clicked and I was like, Oh, I think that's Haley Joel Osment. And I know he's <laughs> I know he's been in things. Um like I've heard him. I've heard people reference shows that he's in and actually like saying he's got some pretty good comedic chops and stuff. Uh, But I haven't seen him in anything. So once I placed him, I was like, oh, wow, he's really good in it, too, in a pretty quiet sort of way. He's got a role that's um, kind of a a very like it's a relevant character, but it's sort of a a tag along to the to the main plot of this relationship with him and his girlfriend um meaning Ted Bundy and his girlfriend and um he does a good job it's i actually i i wouldn't say this is like an a plus movie or that i'm like so so glad that i watched it mm-hmm. um but i would if, say it's uh, really worth watching if you're looking for something ridiculous yeah um check see if you can find uh, a TV show called The Spoils of Babylon. Uh-huh. I hate to interrupt you in the middle of your thing, but I didn't want to forget about it. But uh, Haley Joel Osmuth is in it, and it's a, a Will Ferrell uh, TV show. And it is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Um, it's not really laugh out loud funny, but it's definitely giggle to yourself kind of funny. Okay. Uh, but uh, The Spoils of Babylon, and Haley Joe Osmuth is in it, and he's terrific. Okay. Yeah. Well, based on based on this, I'd say, like, I, I believe you. You know, like, I, I would believe that he uh, knows what he's doing. And, I mean, when a kid can act as well as he did when he was a kid, no reason to think that he'd be terrible as an adult. So Yeah. Um, yeah, I, there isn't – I mean, you weren't actually uh, – interrupting me in the middle of anything because i think i was near the end there there's not a lot more for me to say there's not a lot of drama to it if you did watch i know a lot of people watch the netflix um documentary that's like the uh ted bundy tapes or something along those lines that came out i think in the last year um which might be like a 10 episode miniseries oh conversation with a killer oh well there you go it came um, up on the IMDb for this movie. Okay. Yeah, I think a lot of people watch that. And if you're looking to see sort of these things played out in a more, you know, you're seeing it acted out kind of way, um, 
I happened to have seen like one episode of that show. And as I was watching this movie, I was like, oh, this lines up completely with everything on that show. Um, and there were some clips of Ted Bundy in the show that were like, you know, him talking in front of cameras. And as it played out in the movie, I was like, wow, this, uh, they did a pretty good job there of like making, making it look like it actually was. Um, so, you know, if, if, if serial killers are your thing, uh, and you know, you want to watch a movie, it's not bad. Yeah. All right. I'm looking at the cast list for this movie and I, and the one name that stood out is uh James Hetfield from Metallica. Isn't it? I'm sorry. What? James Hetfield from Metallica. Isn't it? Uh, he plays a cop. It looks like officer Bob Hayward. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I remember there being a cop in this movie. That's, that's right. And All right, IMDb, you get to live another day. Yeah, your facts check out. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty odd casting, I would say. I don't think I've ever seen James Hetfield in a movie, let alone a drama about a serial killer. Well, and, and he's not exactly featured in it in a way where you go like, wow, I could see, you know, like how if Lady Gaga's in something, you're going to go, oh, yeah, I see why they put her in this. Um, there. There wasn't any moment watching the movie where I was like, wow, this police officer has a very specific feel to him. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, James Hetfield was just like, hey, I want to act. Cool. Yeah. I'm officer number two. Anthony Kiedis can do it and flee. So can I. Never saw that. From Red Hot Chili Peppers, Anthony Kiedis and Flea. They were in a bunch of movies in the 90s. Oh, and I thought you said Anthony Kiedis in Flea. Oh, I'm sure that's happened too. Yeah, I remember they're, they're very close. Yeah. Being in um being in uh Back to the Future 2. Yeah. And even as a kid being like, is that is that Flea? What the hell is Flea <laughs> doing here? I didn't know that Needles. Anthony Kiedis was in stuff. Oh yeah, he's been in a ton of stuff. Really? Yeah, he's in uh Point Break and that's the only thing that comes to mind. Yeah. But he's like in Point Break. He's like the, the, one of the surfer dudes that gets into a fight with Keanu Reeves, and then oh. Swayze shows up and saves the day. Well, uh, he also was in uh, or on a flight with my sister, and he had his kid <laughs> with, I guess, the the kid's nanny or something back in coach. While he and his wife were up in first class, uh -huh. and then he came back. To uh to coach to I guess to get the kid or something and my sister was having trouble getting her bag out of the overhead and he helped her get her bag down. Oh well, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea where that story was going to go. I was like, oh man, does this story end with Anthony Kiedis as a dick or is Anthony Kiedis a hero? <laughs> dick and, to his uh, kid, nice to. And strangers. I was like, and I was like, you know what? Uh. I don't know which way it's going to go. And then it turned out that he was a hero and I was happy about it. <laughs> I what was... an emotional roller coaster. Well, wait for, get ready, strap in for this story. Oh, um, okay. well, hold on. All right. I'm strapped, strapped in. in okay. Now. Yeah. So last December, not this past December, but the one before it, I went to California for a conference and on my way back, getting onto the flight, um, I was behind this one guy and his wife and they're two obnoxious ass kids. 
Now, granted, these children were pretty normal children. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, children can be obnoxious. And these kids were just true. Yeah. And these kids were just going to town, like just running around and making noise and stuff. And this guy just was like, yeah, hey, quiet down. And those kids had no, no respect for him at all or just weren't listening. You know, who knows? Uh Whatever. I don't overinterpret the mind of a child. But as they were plotting the murder of their father, um, (laughs) um, I, I, at some point we like my friend Lauren was with me and we, we got on the plane and she was like, she just made some reference as if I had already realized this, but the guy was Carlton from Fresh Prince. No way. Yep. Way. Oh, um, now I don't know how to feel. This, uh, is, this feels like the opposite because, like, I feel like if Carlton told me to knock something off, I'd be like, "You got it, you got it, Carlton." Yeah, well, you're uh, not picturing him saying it as if he's been emasculated, though. Oh uh, yeah. Well, maybe he had a long day. Uh, well, I can say this much: as as long as the lady that was with him was his wife, uh, I think his name's Alfonso. Or Alfonso, or thank you. I was trying to pull it out, but uh, I couldn't. Uh, noisy kids, pretty wife. So you know balances out i guess i don't know win some win some lose some yeah uh okay well that was celebrity story corner oh i have one Go uh, for it. At, at work the other day uh athlete bo jackson was there hey bo uh, knows bo he knows does nick <laughs> well i mean everything i've ever been led to believe tells me that bo indeed does know and uh, that's the end of that. Wait, what I didn't get he, to. What was he demonstrating his knowledge of? Uh, hamburgers. Oh, Bono's hamburgers. Hamburgers. Yeah. Um, I didn't get to interact with him, but uh, I stood less than five feet from him, which was exciting for me. And cool. uh, so that was celebrity. What what do we call this one? Sightings? Celebrity. Celebrity, celebrity sightings. sighting. Celebrity sightings corner. Uh, I think right. we should just call it celebrity sightings. It's got, it's got, more, yeah, but it's got more of an unsolved mystery sound to it. Uh, we, we, we spell? We can talk about this spell, offline. <laughs> do we spell sightings with a C? No the alliteration. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get the. Uh, we need to get a clip of the unsolved mysteries <laughs> sound uh, soundtrack and play that when we have celebrity <laughs> sightings. And Robert Stack just going, update. Okay. (laughs) Listeners, if you have any celebrity sightings, feel free to let us know about them. Someday I'll tell you a story about about meeting Jerry O'Connell, but I'll wait till we have theme music. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now I got to get music. Uh, Unsolved Mysteries. We just had this conversation, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) Um. <laughs> All right, your so next brings, movie. I think we review movies me, on this podcast. That brings me to uh, the other one of the other movies that I saw this week called. Uh, you know, I'm going to save this one for the end. Uh, I'm going to touch briefly on Primer. I watched Primer again. If you listen to last week's episode, I talked about the movie Primer. And if you didn't hear last week's episode, uh, briefly, this movie's about. Uh, these two guys that accidentally invent a time machine mm-hmm. and uh, and basically their adventures uh, trying to use time travel, but without causing any kind of a paradox that 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 ruins everything. And on a second viewing of this movie, 
I like it probably the same, but I don't, uh, I, I came away with the, just because you're complicated doesn't mean you're good. That's uh, definitely true. Uh, with it where, where I was like, this movie makes me think a lot, but that doesn't mean it was a good example of storytelling. Um, because if, uh, now don't get me wrong. This movie is pretty cool and I'll probably watch it again. Wow. Um, yeah. And, and not, not anytime soon, but like if I, if, because it won, it's less than an hour and a half long. So it's like real quick. Um, and two, it does make you think the whole time. Like when, when I finished watching it again last night, I read, I went to another website and I searched on Google, explain the movie primer to me. And, uh, and there's like, uh, I'll post on the, the website, uh, a link to the article that I read about it. And, and basically if, if someone has to explain something this complicated to you and you weren't able to really grasp what was going on during the film, it's not really a good example uh, or a, a great uh, execution of, of storytelling. Now, as a, as a thought experiment, I think it really succeeds. But uh, as far as like a film where you're, you're being told uh, a, a plot, it, it does fail in a few places. Um, I still think it's, it's a Marvel, especially for, for, a, I think the budget was like $7,000 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it looks great. And, and like I said, it, it's got a, a solid, but very complicated story, but without the, without the internet, I would have no idea, um, really what's going on. Gotcha. So, so that's, that's all I have to add to primer. Like watching it a second time did not reveal like, like it did not come together. Like, you know, when you watch oceans 11 for the second time and you're like, Oh man, they really set everything up. This, this movie doesn't do that. I don't know and, that Ocean's Eleven would have been my example, but I do get what you mean. Yeah. Well, like, like this movie, like you think when you watch it again, you're going to, you're going to be like, you're going to be like, oh, they set up all this stuff beforehand. And there are a few examples of that, but for the most part, they don't like the first 20 minutes of this movie, you can really just throw away. There's like mm-hmm. these two other characters that, that mean nothing to the whole plot of the movie. But without them, the movie would be less than an hour long, and that's not really feature length. So I can understand why why it's in there. But it does make you, um, you 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 end up like caring caring about these characters that mean nothing and don't come back into play at all. So that's that's all I got to say about Primer. Um, I also wanted to watch it again so that when we did rank it this week, I could have a more honest placement of it on my list. <laughs> um, because I think if I didn't watch it a second time, I would have it much higher on the list than where it's actually going to go. But so you didn't stay even tuned. place it on your list last time. I know, but like we last up. week, yeah, we we done forgot. And then you did not have a second movie, right? Uh, no, no. All right. I've been watching Game of Thrones. This season's not that great. There's my review of that. Yeah, it's it's pretty disappointing, but it's, it's all right. It's it's all right. You know, I mean, there's no way they could. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's or this podcast isn't called This Week in Television. 
I don't want to spoil Game of Thrones for anyone who hasn't watched it, but but they take all of their major female characters, their very powerful female characters, and just have them cry a lot. <laughs> like, like uh, I, I don't know. Stay tuned for this week in Game of Thrones. Yeah, we'll do we'll do a review after the show's done. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. All right. So I watched uh, from 2018 a movie called Arctic. Uh, it was directed by Joe Pena, uh, and it stars Mads Mads Mikkelsen. I'm not entirely sure how to say his name. That's right, Mads Mikkelsen. Um, okay, uh, and technically a woman named Maria Thelma. Sam Ritter is is in this movie, and this movie is basically. Um, did you ever see All Is Lost? Yeah. Um, so it's All Is Lost, but instead of being stuck in the middle of the ocean, he's stuck in the middle of the Arctic, and he's 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 stuck there. Like he was in a plane crash or something, and um, and and it's great. It's really good. Okay, cool. Yeah, I like this movie a lot. Now, I did take some notes while I was watching it, and I'm going to go through those. Uh, first off, the movie starts with the the Universal Studios logo and the fanfare with the... Uh-huh. I love that. I think that's probably the best uh, studio logo. So there's that because of the music. Um, uh, because of the music and like you're flying around the Earth and it looks cool. You know, yeah, it, it's it really more space gets you... stuff for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's really well done. Uh, you know what else is is funny is that the Apollo Eleven documentary I watched is also a Universal. Universal was involved in that in some way, and they showed the old fashioned Universal logo, which I thought was a nice touch. Because, uh, you know, it's a movie that takes place all with old footage. So they use the old, the old Universal logo. I was like, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. I think one day we're going to have like some sort of anniversary on this podcast and, and admit that this is less a podcast about movies and more of a time capsule that <laughs> shows Nick's love of space and dreams of being an astronaut. Oh, man, that'd be great. Hey, hey, NASA! If you're listening, make me an astronaut. <laughs> I do get motion sick. I hope that doesn't. Uh, I hope that doesn't uh, disqualify me. No, not you know, at all. you know that that ride at the carnival where you that spins you around and you're like pressed up against the wall. Gravitron. Yeah, the gravitron can't do that anymore. No, oh, no, no. I get all sick. Not like throw up Stupid sick. age. <laughs> yeah. I used to be able to go on that like six times in a row. I read uh, this week in medical news. I um, I read that the reason you get motion sick as you get older, like you develop motion sickness, is because your inner ear becomes less fluid as you get older. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and that, that leads to like greater motion sickness. That so, makes sense. Uh, so there you go. That was this week in medical news. Anyway, back to Arctic. Um, this movie was great. Like I said, uh, it starts off uh, with Mads Mikkelsen. 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 Um, 
he's been he's been trapped in the arctic for quite some time you're not entirely sure how long but mm-hmm. the movie shows the movie does an excellent job of showing that he's been there for a very long time um and that things weren't always great for him uh at one point he takes off he he like has this shelter inside the the wreckage of his airplane and he takes off his boots and he's missing some toes and you're like oh man th- he he might have everything down to a science now as far as like he like every day he goes out and he works on his SOS sign. He's got like this fishing setup because um, he, he crashed on a lake and and he's like he's able to fish. So he's got some food and he has water and he goes out and uh, he, he has like this hand powered emergency beacon so like every day he fixes his sos sign he checks his fishing trap and then he goes and sits on top of a mountain and cranks his um emergency beacon for for a period of time and he's got this amazing wristwatch that like beeps whenever it's time for him to do something else and for about 30 minutes the wrist wrist <laughs> the wristwatch is the second character in the in the show because he's just kind of like on autopilot and then the wristwatch beeps and he's like oh i guess i gotta go do my next task and and all i can think is how did he program this wristwatch to 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 know what to do when to do it because it's not like it's a smart watch or anything it's just like a regular watch but uh but yeah the, the wristwatch is great um so then uh so like I said, the movie does a great job without – and the, the movie has barely any dialogue because he's basically by himself for most of the movie. And uh, and it does a great job uh, of showing how long he's been there because at one point, he, he whenever he goes up to uh, crank his emergency beacon, <laughs> he um, he like has this map that he's made of, of the local area. And you can see, like, he goes to each spot on the map five times, and there's, like, scratches of five all over the map. And you're like, man, he has been there for a long time. And, like, way longer than anyone has a right to still be alive in this environment. And then... And then he's, uh, he like looks to the, his, as he's coming down the mountain, you're like, oh, there's a polar bear. And immediately I thought, oh, Chekhov's polar bear. That polar <laughs> bear is going to, I was like, we're going to see this polar bear again, I bet. And, uh, and so then, uh, he's like up on a mountaintop and all of a sudden a helicopter like shows up and he like waves down the helicopter. But as the helicopter is coming to save him, this terrible windstorm kicks up. And the helicopter crashes. Oh, God. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, he basically he's like, you've got to be kidding me. And then he runs over to the helicopter to see if he can help. And there are two people inside. Um, there's there's uh, the pilot who's who is dead. And then there's the one survivor, but she's really badly hurt. And uh so he like kind of stabilizes her and then he just starts going through the helicopter, like looking for supplies. And he finds this, um, this bag of ramen noodles and he just starts eating it dry. And uh. he's got this look on his face that he's just so happy to eat something crunchy and that it's not raw fish, which has been his diet for months now. Um, he hasn't figured out how to make a fire yet. There's no wood. Fair enough. It's 
It's just like a, the snow. Good point. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and then this is at the point where I realized like there's music in this movie and there shouldn't be, there should like the, there's a lot of natural sound in this movie uh-huh. and the, the sound design and, and, and the natural sound is so like powerful that the music is almost distracting from it. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Uh, so he takes this, uh, he takes this survivor and like creates like this sled out of the the door of the helicopter and and like transports her back to his shelter and like the broken airplane. Uh-huh. And then he goes back to the helicopter for more supplies and the back of the helicopter opens up and there's a medical sled there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he just has this moment of, "Oh man, you got to be kidding me." Uh and then they show um, he like the, the girl is like barely conscious and he's like giving her medicine, like some of the medicine that's on the, the, the medical kit from the helicopter. And this is how they show time passes is that, um, he gives her, it's like a, like a iodine or, or some sort of solution for like infection. And he like pours a little bit out of it, a little bit of it out. And then he marks on the bottle where the the level is Mm -hmm. and then he like says to her and she doesn't really speak english she's she's uh some kind of uh it's probably incorrect phrasing but she's some kind of asian i don't know that's definitely incorrect phrasing (laughs) she's asian of some sort um but like it's not really clear i want to say i want to say korean but i'm 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 not sure uh, the helicopter that she's on has a Chinese flag, but it it has also an American flag. It's like a, a science helicopter, like from a, a science station. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. She does speak a very little English, and she does she has like three lines in the whole movie because she's basically unconscious the whole time. Uh, but the movie shows he says to her, she's like, the help is coming. They're going to come for you. He's like, they'll be here to later today or tomorrow. And then basically the, the movie shows without any dialogue. Um, it's been many day many days. And now he's out of medicine, mm-hmm. uh, to, to give her. And you're like, and then basically he has to make this decision. Does he stay? Oh, also she's getting worse. And he has to make this decision to either try to go to this nearby, well, not nearby, this this science station that is, uh, I want to say, five a five-day journey away, or tr- stay and wait for help to try and to see if help comes for them. And uh, and then that's where the movie really takes off, is um, is when he has to make this decision. And... It's great. It was really good. It's an it's like just over an hour and a half long, and um, if if you like the movie like All Is Lost or Castaway, where it's basically no dialogue but a guy just trying to survive in in a intense environment, it's it's really good. The other thing that I really liked about the character is that he's really upbeat about everything. Like he. Like every time something terrible happens, he go he goes up to the girl, and even though she's not conscious, he's like, "It's fine, it's okay. It will uh, we'll just go a different way. We'll uh, we'll we'll go a better way." And uh, and it's and it's he's just got this positive attitude about everything for such a long time that that it's it's almost infectious. 
But um, yeah, I think that's really all I have to say about it without getting into too many spoilers. With but um, his attitude, it sounds a bit like uh, The Martian. Oh my god, yeah, that's what that's one of my notes that I wrote down. Is like it does have echoes of The Martian, uh, especially uh, at one point. Um, he leaves behind a piece of equipment and it's like that scene in the Martian where he leaves the note in the, the vehicle where he's like this, this, this was a good ship and she served me well. And, uh, but yeah, that's definitely one of my notes is echoes of the Martian. That's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's really it. And the guy, and the, the guy is like the perfect guy for this. Um, I mean, as the character, like, because anyone else would have died a long time ago, like he's able to build an igloo in the side of a mountain during the middle of a snowstorm. And, uh, and, uh, and this movie made me really wish I knew how to tie knots, like, <laughs> like, like boy scout knots or whatever, like, cause yeah. I, I, I can tie like a shoelace knot and that's really it. And this movie made me really wish that I, I, I was more, um, adept at something like that because he ties these knots and you're like, Oh, that's a really useful thing to know how to do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. It, it's one of my favorite movies that I've seen in a long time. Would, so, uh, how would you say in terms of if you were just to compare how much you enjoyed it? Um, what would you say in terms of like that versus, um, all is lost? Um, I'd say they're pretty on par with each other, uh, except that in, in all is lost, um, R Robert Redford is way out of his depth. Uh -huh. Like he's, he's, he's very inexperienced as far as ship going. Like he knows how to do some things, but, but not others. And, and for the most part, you're like, you've got no business being out there. And then with Arctic, you're like, this is the perfect man to be out in the middle of the Arctic. Okay. So uh, if I had to pick one over the other, uh, I'm not sure. I think I'm still too close to this movie. Uh -huh. And, uh, and uh, the end of this movie and the end of all is lost kind of echo each other. Um, so I don't want to ruin that. Okay. But, um, but um, if I had to pick one over the other, uh, I'd probably have to go with Arctic just because it was probably really difficult to make as far as a filmmaking. Um, like you could tell making this movie, it was just miserable to make. Hmm. Um, like, you know, like, cause they're filming in the cold, like, like, you know, uh, did you ever see the Revenant? Yes. Uh, like when you're watching that, like you're, you're like, man, it looks miserable there. Right. And then this movie is kind of the same way. Whereas all is lost. I feel like he's in kind of a, a temperate area, even though everything is going terrible for that guy, at least he's not like freezing to death. Yeah. And um, like, there's a moment, there's a moment in Arctic where uh, he has a chance to, to signal for help and he goes to get um, a flare, but he can't turn on the flare because his fingers are frozen. Oh. And yeah. And you're like, you're like, come on come on you can do it you can do it come on and uh and it's 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 one of those real triumph of the human spirit kind of movies where you're where you're just kind of like this if this guy can do it anyone can do anything and 
It's is great. And it's quick too. I th- let me look at the runtime for it. I think it's like just over an hour and a half, an hour and 38 minutes. And uh it is very good. So uh it's a definite recommend from 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 Nick. I might check that one out cuz I did enjoy all his lost. Yeah, I did too. And I I haven't really known Mads Mickelson for very long. Um uh-huh. I probably probably the first time I ever saw him and knew who he was was uh or, or like, you know, even heard his name was um Rogue One. Uh-huh. Um but I feel like he's, he's a good actor. He's useless. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like he's a good actor and I'd I'd be interested in seeing you know, him in place of Robert Redford, so to speak. He's uh he's really good in Casino Royale. He's the bad guy in Casino Royale. Oh yeah, that's right. Um I like him in that. He's also um Hannibal on the TV show Hannibal. He was Hannibal Lecter, but I never watched that show. Yeah, me neither. But but I heard good things. Like I heard it's a good show, but I had no interest. All right, Matt. That brings us to our movie rankings list. Now we've got some homework to do, so let's do last week's movie first. Now your first assignment is, what did you watch last week? <laughs> what the heck did I watch last week? Uh, hang on, I know I put it in my list then. Hold on, uh, I can pull it up on my... I got the picture for it from the website. Let's see. You watched Triple Frontier. Oh, yeah. I am putting Triple Frontier between Blazing Saddles and Pet Cemetery. Uh into the new number 35 spot. Let's see. Triple Frontier. And that was what was that week 115? That now, sounds right. Yeah. Now how many stars would you give Triple Frontier? 2 2 stars. Yeah. Would you recommend it? Uh, mildly. It's got to be a yes or a no. Then no. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. And then this week you watched something. something. <laughs> Jesus. Harry Potter. Harry <laughs> Potter and the Sinister Man. Extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile. Uh-huh. And I would put that in between Fire, The Greatest Party That Never Happened, and Vice. Okay, into the new number 26 spot. And what's it called? <laughs> Extremely Wicked. Extremely I'm just gonna Wicked, put that. Shockingly that's all, Evil, that's and all I need. Uh And then this is one week 116 of the show, right? Yes. And man, that does not seem right. Because I'm looking at this list and going, yeah. <laughs> It was better than Vice really screwed up my list. That movie was placed wrong because <laughs> this movie was better than that, but this movie was not better than Shazam, which is like five places lower. <laughs> uh, how many stars would you give extremely? Um, I'm going to go with three. Three stars. Yeah, okay. And then uh, would you recommend it? Yeah, I would. Oh, okay. All right. And then uh, that brings us to my list. And last week I watched Primer, which I'm going to put, I'm going to put that below Captain Marvel, but above Creep uh, in the new number 22 spot. And I'm going to give this movie three stars, three stars. Yeah. 
and I would recommend it. Uh, and then I watched Teen Titans, the Judas contract, which going back to last week, uh, I looked into it afterwards. Apparently the Judas contract was like a huge Teen Titans storyline from the eighties. So it was based on something. So there you go. And I'm going to say that this was better than Batman Ninja in the new, <laughs> it's going right underneath Justice League versus the Fatal Five and between Batman Ninja in the new number 41 spot. And I'm going to give this two and a half stars. And uh, uh, I'd say check it out. It wasn't terrible. Did you see the trailer for the next an- DC animated movie, Batman Hush? Uh, no, I saw a picture of it online with like the title of an article, but I didn't, I didn't actually open it or read the article. It looks like all these other ones that I've sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, and then this week I watched Arctic, which I'm going to put in the new number 11 spot between predator and free solo Arctic. That's a weird word. Week one, one, six. And I'm going to give this movie four stars. That might go up, but for right now, I'm going to say four stars. And that's a definite recommend. And then I also watched Apollo 11, which I'm going to put, I'm going to put it right above it. So in the new number 11 spot between Predator and Arctic, I'm going to put Apollo 11. And I'm going to give this movie four and a half stars. And it's a total recommend. Uh, and I think that's all the movies I watched, right? Sounds right. All right. That's, uh, that's that then. All right. Uh, Matt, anything to plug? Uh, actually I've mentioned the podcast binge mode before. Um, I think then I was talking about when they were covering the Harry Potter series. Um, Mm -hmm. and they also have done game of Thrones. So they're doing, um, you know, this season of Game of Thrones in this season of their show. Um, and it's worth checking out. And, and if you're kind of along the same lines as me, where you're kind of disappointed in the season, I think they are too a bit, but at the same time, the things that the hosts enjoy, they get so excited about it. There, there are things that in my own, I don't know, disappointment or malaise or whatever I would like overlook that uh-huh. they point out is like pretty good things. So if you're, if you're kind of frustrated and you're like, yeah, I wish I enjoyed this more. If you check out binge mode, you might actually get a few things out of it that you go like, Oh yeah, actually I could get kind of excited about this or that thing that they did, you know, well. Yeah. Um, I'm ex- I'm excited for the last episode. I, I will say that. Like, I want to see how, how they wrap everything up. And, uh, and I do want to point out the reason that I'm into game of Thrones is because of you. You forced me to watch it. Did I? Yeah, you were you were in town and you were like, you've got to watch Game of Thrones. So we like sat down and watched the first episode and I was like, well, that was pretty good. And you're like, we'll keep going. And then we watched, <laughs> I think, I think we watched three episodes and then I was hooked. And then I read all the books that are available. Yeah. And uh, so, hey, Matt, thanks for bringing that into my life. You're welcome. I hope that, uh, you know, being as there's one more left and it might be kind of disappointing too. That uh, I feel like for myself, this season, you know how some things when they end crappily, it ruins the whole thing. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like that's not the case with this for me. Like, I'm like, OK, the seasons that I enjoyed, I think I can still look at as good. Um, yeah. So, you know, 
Yeah, for I, whatever I that's think worth. with a show with a show like this, there's no way that that it could live up to its expectation. Um, although the writing has been lackluster. Yeah. Um, but um, as far as like a journey goes, and like the excitement that you had each week to watch each episode, uh, it's going to be tough to match that. So. Yeah, that's true. Congratulations, Game of Thrones. Although apparently rumor has it that there's going to be another Matrix movie. So, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah. Get that excitement right back up there. You sent me that article and then I read another article uh, where Warner Brothers said the Wachowskis are not involved. That could uh, be a good thing. And I went, oh, that sounds like a great idea. So, uh, you know, it wasn't a denial that a new Matrix thing is in the works. Nice. Well, yeah. with, without them involved, I would, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to assume it would be good, <laughs> but, <laughs> but at least there's a possibility for something different and not just like poor, like crappy philosophy stuff. I mean, I'm into philosophy, but like that, w- the, the matrix sequels are not good philosophy. No, you know, no, they're not. No, it's just people going like, look, I went to a philosophy class. <laughs> Yeah, if a, if a if a movie has to like literally handhold you while discussing its philosophy, that's just that's just a textbook, and then not even do a good job of it, right? Yeah, that scene where Neo's in the basement of Zion or whatever, and he's talking to that man about machines, it still makes me mad. <laughs> like thinking about it. Well, I think just uh, the Merovingians annoying. And whoever the white guy is that's in the room with all the TVs. The architect. Oh, God. I'm like, this this poor actor doesn't even want to listen to himself. And, like, what they really should have had Neo say in response to, like, this big, huge monologue is like, what? I, I'm sorry. I wasn't listening. He's <laughs> just with shut up. Uh, all right. Um, check out thisweekinfilm.com. Uh, if you want to know anything about the show, we are available on Spotify now. So that's kind of exciting. So check us out on Spotify. If you're into that, it's the same show, but perhaps that's where you get your media. Um, otherwise, if that's the end of the reel, we will see you next week in film. Bye now. Bye.